0: Someone just pointed out to me on the flyer we sent out, it said the name of the Shear was the birth of Mashiach by Rabbi Wolf. So so then I figured, you know, I, I could realize I can't get rid of the uh is it the birth of Mashiach by Rabbi Wolf. We have to, we have to make something freilach before before we talk on. On 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 um, on um, on In any case, it's Tishah tonight. But Chasidim always look for the positive and for the light, and for the uh, the Or <laughs> the light in the midst of the darkness. So um, the Medrash tells us, and this is also a Gemara in Yerushalmi Masechet Brachos. There's a very fascinating. Uh, Passage. It says like this, talking about Mashiach. Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi Omar. This is a Medrash Eicharaba. Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi Omar. Temach Shemoy. The name of Mashiach is Temach. Shenemar, as it says in the Apostle, "Kanei Ish Temach Shemoy." Temach is his name. Umitachtov Yitzmach. And from below he will sprout forth. Yeah. Rebbe Yudin. Rebbe Yudin. Be'yishin Reish. Oh, Bashem Reb Avi, Rebbe Yudin in the name of Rebbe Avi. By the way, did you find out who that was? No. Omar says, Menachem Shemai. Says that the name of Mashiach is Menachem. Shemr, as it says, we said it tonight in Eicha. Ki rochak mimeni Menachem. That Menachem is distant from me. Omer Rebbe Hanina, Rebbe Hanina says, pliga. There is no argument if his name is Tzemach, or his name is Menachem. Chush chush that Menachem and Tzemach have the same, same gematria. They equal the same amount. It's known that that's why the, the Tzemach Tzedek, his name is Menachem Mendel, and he, and, he, and he named and a sefer is called Tzemach Tzedek and he's known as the Tzemach Tzedek because Tzemach is the same gematria as Menachem and Mendel is the same gematria as Tzedek. Tzemach Tzedek, yeah. Anyways, hu Menachem hu Tzemach that's Menachem, that's Tzemach. Vada Messiah la'adad Reb Yudin b'shem Reb Avi. This is a proof we have a story Uh we, we have a story now that's a suya, it's a, a proof to Rebbe Yudin in the name of Rabbi Evi. The Gemara, so the Medrash relates like this same thing it says in the Rishalmi. Uv the a Barnash, a story happened with this person, Devakaradi. Devakaradi, goas Tursa. So what happened over here? What was he doing? Abhi Pashtas, he was plowing, as I remember the story. He was plowing. Hold on. Let's just get the. He was plowing. He was working his field. Yeah, that's what the karodi is. Choirish. tursa. So his his ox uh, started making weird sounds. So an ox cried out. What kind of? I don't know exactly how a cow cries out, but it does it does. arvi. So an Arab passes by. Amalei, he said to him, Maat, what are you? Meaning he saw this person. He asked him, Are you Jew or Gentile? The Arab asked the Yid, What are you, Jew or Gentile? Amalay, Yehudai, I am a Yid. so he said to him, Shari Torah. Untie the axe, vishari shari and untie the plow. That's what he told him. Untie the axe and untie the plow. lama, why? the base in the Because the base migdash of the Jewish people is just destroyed. Amalei said to them, how do you know? So what, so, what does it have to do with it? He passed this if the Beit was destroyed, so there's no future for the Jewish people. So why are you plowing? Plowing is indicative of a future. We're going to plant, it's going to grow. But you guys are getting out of here, especially the Arab tells them this. We're coming in, and you're on your way out. I hear it, even though they were far from Yerushalayim. But he said, I know that the Beit Samikdash was destroyed, because I can hear it, in, in the in the moaning of your of your of your cow and the noise of the cow. while they were busy with it, it made a second sound. The cow. So the Arab tells him, Osur harness again back the ox. Osser padnech. put back on the plough get back to work why this yalid prikeo in the that the 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 mashiach the redeemer of israel the redeemer of the jewish people was just born this is right then on Tisha A few minutes earlier he told them the beis hamidrash was destroyed a couple of minutes later he tells them mashiach was born so he says to him, if you know so much, this Arab this is the Gansan Navi over here. He says, if you know so much, Ma tell me what's his name. Amra um, he said to him, Menachem Shmei. His name is Menachem. So he asked him, Va'avuhu's Ma and what's his father's name? He wants to locate him. Don't know. Um, his name is Cheskyo. Amale Sharyan, and where does he live? Where, where is this baby now? He's born. Where do they live? Amalay Bebiris Arva, Beis Yehuda. That in, bet, in, in, in the area of Beis Lechem Yehuda, so Biris Arva, what does that mean? It's the name of a place he brings over here in Beis Lechem Yehuda. Like you have Arze Habira, you know, there's an area there. It's called Biris Arza, Arva of Beis Lechem Yehuda. Zavina Gavra, Torah. So he went and he sold his ox. Zovin Padne, and he sold his plow. a Mazbin, and he bought Levidin Dianukin. He bought baby clothing. He bought silk. Things that he can dress babies with. And like this, he figured he'll make contact with this mother who gave birth to the child. And then, Ozalakarta. So he went. Here it says "olal lekarta." He went to the "nichnas leir v'yatzal leir acheres." That's he says. "V'nafak He went into the city. Went out of the city. "Olal lemedina." He went into a province. "V'nafak lemedina." He went out of the province. Adamatal letamun." Interesting words over here. Obviously, there's a lot of remes going on over here. He went there it doesn't say that he went into a place he came out he went into the province to the Medina and he went out until he arrived over there um, good and he was he was like the, he was selling he came he bought his merchandise, his little baby clothing, and everybody came out to buy kol as so all the people of the village of this in, in in Bethlehem over there, all the people came to buy from him. As all the women came to purchase these, uh, as the women came to purchase these little um, garments, the silk garments for the child, the mother of this Menachem didn't come. he says to her, she doesn't say she didn't come. She didn't buy anything. Because she was there. She didn't buy. So he said to her, I know you have a baby, why aren't you buying? di why aren't you buying some of the silk clothing for the child? Amrin lay. so she said to him, the Kashya, Kashya I don't feel good about my child. I have very negative feelings to this baby. Kashya and I feel heavy. Liyanika to this child. Amalai Lama, why do you feel so bad about this child? Amr the old Rig of As soon as he was born, the Beis Mikdash was destroyed. So, this is a bad charm, a bad omen to this kid. He's born in a terrible mazel. He is born at the moment the Beis Mikdash was destroyed. So, I don't really like this kid. Amr Leh, imagine, so she's the mother of Mashiach. <laughs> She doesn't like him. He says to her, we have bitochen, we have hope and confidence and certainty. We have trust rather. Trust in the, in the master of the world. That to his feet, when he was born, the Beit Samigdash was destroyed. And to his feet, it will also be rebuilt. Om so he said to her, Take, I take, think is what he says to her. He says to her, take of the uh He says, Ababa come come quickly, and take some from these from these from the clothing, from the baby clothing that I have. And he says to her, that what? Um, and I know you don't have, You might not have money now. I'm going to come to you in a while. I'm going to come to your house. And I will take the payment that you have to pay me for this uh, little baby clothing. She took it and she went. A, few, oh, a little while later. This man said, This was... It. Why did he want uh, to come take the money at her house? Because he wanted to have this chus to see Mashiach. And he can be the one, who says, he saw Mashiach before anybody else. So he had the excitement to go to the house and see Mashiach. It was known, I just read a little while ago, a sefer that was written, an old Yiddish sefer that was from Galicia, in the, written, I think, in the late 18 or the beginning of 1900, a Yiddish writer. And he's describing, he's a tzanzer chassid, he's talking about sans. And he's also talking about, there was a very big machloikis between sans and rujan. Between Sans and sadeger It was like unbelievable. i so, am just you, fights between chassidim. This was like reached, this was like unbelievable when the whole Galicia was on fire. On this big fight between Sans and rujan. And the main tie that they had on rujan, that rujan was very malchusdig. And they, they, literally, the Rujiner and his children dressed like kings. The children of the Rujiner were dressed like, literally, like royals, not like chassidish garments. They didn't wear They were dressed like noblemen, like children of noblemen, little princes. And when they were very, very young, like no one had access to them, the, all the Rujiner chassidim believed that the Rujiner was Mashiach. He was, a, he was the grandson of the Maggid. He ran his court literally like a like a like a like a palace. It was a royal court. Everything was gold, gold coaches. I mean, it was um, the reason the Ruzhiner had to run away from Russia, and then he was he was he was, was, was imprisoned. Then he ran away was because he was they were, people were suspicious of him and jealous of him. In any case, so the Ruzhiner children were also very very secluded from the eye. No one can see them. And there were very rich who paid a lot of money to have zuchus to be able to glimpse the children. Because people thought it either would be the rujuner or it would be one of his children. So here it says, this is a guy, that's what he writes back then. So this person wanted to come to the house to be able to see the baby. So, uh, he came to her. Amalei, Allah he said to her, Ahu Yanuka, Michael Ovid, how's the baby doing? What does that mean? What did she say? So I read the story today in the Rishalmi. The Rishalmi is using different words. So let me let's see. It's, 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 what, what, what did he say to her? Hold on. Oh, didn't I tell you, though, that his mazel is bad? Even at the time that he came to the world, his muzzle, his bad muzzle, came with him, because at, at that time the Bei was destroyed. In other words, so from the time that you left the Menaihu Shata, from the time that I bought this garment and you left, Asin Ruchen winds came, literally wind came, the Al Ulin Taanune VeUzlin Lohin. And they, they uh, picked him up and they took him. He was carried away by the winds. I don't have the baby anymore. That's what she said. So he said to her, didn't I tell you that, he's, uh, that uh, to his feet it was destroyed and to his feet it will be built? Fine. That's the story. It's a very strange story. But it does say here, and in other places, the story is, is repeated b'kitzer. It doesn't give this whole ending that this little baby disappeared. This little Menachem baby that was supposed to be Mashiach or is Mashiach, completely disappeared. But that's a story. So how do we understand this idea that Moshiach was born on Tisha B'Av? L'halacha, this is brought down. That tomorrow afternoon, after Chatzos, Darizal says, we start already speaking the After Tishabav, we have a period of time of Nechama. We have Shabbos Nachamu. And then we have Shiva the nech- Nechmasa. We have seven weeks of comforting. But we also know there is a Halacha, that you're not Menachem a person, Kishamei You're not going to comfort someone while the dead body is still in front of them. Tisha B'Av is Tishabav. Yet by Tisha B'Av, by Mincha, we begin the comforting. We say Nachem, during which means be comforted. So why are we saying Nachim? So the Arizal says we're saying Nachim because Mashiach is born already on Tishabav. So we have the Nachamah on Tishabav. So is also brought in regards to and Allah that many things lighten up from Tishabav after Chatzos. We don't have to sit in the ground anymore. We don't have to sit on the floor anymore. Um, we're 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 makeland, certain in Yanam of the Avelus We become more far more lenient, so the fast lightens up Tisha above in the afternoon. There used to be a minug a minhug, in various different Sephardic communities. That at chatzos, as soon as it would become chatzos, the women would mop the floors of the house and would put fragrance, flowers and things like that all over the house to prepare the house for Biyos HaMashiach. Why? Because Mashiach is born Tisha by after Chatzais. The Rabbanim in those days um, tried to stop that minog. Because LaHalacha, it's a problem of washing. They were washing the floors and all that. You're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to wash. It's a special question about co- contact of water you're allowed to have on Tisha above, And they were in washing and it's not, it's, not, it's not okay. So Rabbanim did whatever they can in many communities to stop that minog that the woman had. But the women weren't easy to stop them from this minog. So it says that the, I think it was the Chida once came to, it was once somewhere Tisha above. And it was in that in particular town that the women had this minig, and they, uh, you know, they kept on to this to this minhag of of, um, of, of, of of uh, preparing the house in Tishah B'av in the afternoon. The Chida heard about it, so he got he went up to the shul, and he gave a drasha, and he told the people that it's a a very beautiful thing that we're waiting for Mashiach, but you can't do something that's against halach, and therefore. It's 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 yatses charei Said. In other words, this that you're gaining from from preparing this the, the, the house for Mashiach is ultimately you're doing something that it's against uh, what the Eberster wants. So it's not it's not really a gain. So he said to the people, they shouldn't do it. The, you can see in the people in the shul that people were very disappointed because these were very simple Jews and they had this very powerful amuna that Mashiach is coming. Okay, but he felt very good, the chidah, that he was able to stop. They, they, they accepted, you know, they, he realized that, they, that the, what he had said was accepted by the community, and that uh, he stopped them from doing this iser. But as he was leaving the shul, he hears two women talking to each other. And one woman is saying that, my I just heard that the rav, the chacham who came and he spoke, said that we don't have to, we shouldn't wash our... Homes, the floors tomorrow, because Mashiach is not coming this year. So when he heard that, he right away turned around, went back to the shul, told everybody to come back, went back up to the podium, and said, I take back what I said before. Everybody should go home, and wash your, <laughs> your, your homes, and so on and so forth. Because if chas v'shalem there should be, because of me, in the simple Amunah from Yidn, that Mashiach is supposed to come and that Mashiach is born on Tishab, which means in many ways Mashiach is very, very, this is the day, most auspicious day for Mashiach's arrival. And if that I should take that away, go back and do all your preparations. But the question is, what does this mean? Mashiach is born in Tishabav. Is Mashiach Tzitkeinu a person? Who bepoil mamish his birthday is is on Tishah How do we understand this? when you look in Rambam and and uh, the Rambam gives you criteria of Mashiach and Hilkhes Malachim, exactly what he needs to do is to be a melech mebeis David, hay give this and that. Rambam doesn't list one of the qualifications of Mashiach that he should check his birthday if he was born on Tishabav. Doesn't say that. Ramban in the Sefer Havikuach in the book and where he has debates uh, back then there were those who argued that Mashiach from this story, from the Gemara of this story that Mashiach is born a long, long time ago. The Christians wanted to argue that argument. And okay, so it's maybe they, they, wherever they place whatever, and you also have the idea that it's just Beit Lechem, so you got a little bit over there for them to uh, find on something. So they said this to the Ramban, and the Ramban kind of dismisses the Medrash and he says that there are a lot of midrashim about different things, but it doesn't have to be. Doesn't this doesn't have to be understood in the literal sense that Mashiach Tzidkenu was actually born on Tisha B'av? in actuality, it would have been a ve- The problem with saying that this means that Mashiach is actually born on Tisha b'a, physically is a very big problem, because the Gemara is talking about the midrash is talking about an event that happened 1, 1,947 years ago. Okay? The Beit Samidosh was destroyed either 1947 years ago or according to some accounts 1,949 years ago. Okay, It's close to 1950 years ago. Moshiach is born. So we would have to assume and Moshiach, apipash, this is around. So we would have to assume that we're dealing with someone who is close to 2,000 years old hiding out somewhere that no one knows where he is. And he's coming out of a cave somewhere, which is very, very not Mestaber, there's such, a, such an Indian. So, what does this mean that Mashiach is born? So, there are those who explain that we're dealing with something spiritual. The Neshama of Mashiach is born on Tishabav. Or the Neshama, the power of Mashiach in the world, came about when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. That's when the power of Mashiach. Which is his neshama was brought was born, and it, in some svarim they relate this idea to the concept in which it says that we know that in the kruvim in the aren in the beis hamikdash there was an ark, and on top of the ark there was a paroiches a kapiras I mean a, a cover, and from the from the from the cover came out two cherubs two kruvim. And these kruvim, it says about them that at times they were facing each other and they were had actually their wings touching each other or connecting to each other in a manner of an embrace so the two kruvim were embracing and there are times that the kruvim turned away from each other and the Gemara says depending on the state the, the spiritual state of the Jewish people when the Jewish people were learning, were, were in a in a in a positive, in a holy state, in a in a in a in a, in a elevated ruachni state, which means they were connected to Hashem. So then it was reflected immediately in the love in the kruvim embracing each other. The kruvim, which one had a male, was one was a, was a boy face, and so one was a girl face, represents the Hakadosh Baruch and Knesset Yisrael, Hashem and the Jewish people. So as the kruvim, if they if if we are. Um, living the way we're supposed to live as Jews, that evokes a love from God to the Jewish people, and therefore the Kruvim, if we're not doing the will of Hashem, then the Kruvim turn away from each other. And there was always a simon. The and Gadol would know this on Yom Kippur. When the and Gadol would go in Yom Kippur, into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Koyin Gadol would know, and he would see how we're doing, if we can assume that the Ebershter was macabre the tefillis of the Jewish people, he saw the Kruvim in love with each other. If Chas Vashal not, he saw them upset at each other. Fine. That's what it says. But then it says, at the time of the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. so when the Nochrim went into the Heichal, when the, the, those who destroyed the Beis Hamikdash went into the Heichal, they saw the Kruvim, they saw the Kruvim unified with each other. And they came outside, and they started saying, "Take a look at the Jews. Look what they worship." We went inside to the holy of holies, and they're worshiping. They're no better than us, well, you know. when you know, in the pagan cultures, all of their beliefs and so on and so forth, were related to various different uh, aspects of love and of uh, very, 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 very. Uh, uh, Course ideals of what is the highest thing in life and they said look at the Jews and they said, there's not any difference this, this, is the, this is what they're busy with physical love that's, that's, you see the Kruvim in that state um, that's what they said they said but the question is asked that everybody asks we're talking about the destruction of the Beisad Vigdash we're talking about a moment when the Abishter is angry at Knesset we're talking about a moment when the Ebershter the Ebershter in his wrath is pouring out his wrath on the base of Mikdos and is allowing it to be destroyed because of all the sins of the Jewish people and finally Hashem had it and kind of he plots and he said enough is enough and he kicks us out of the home, our, our home. and it's considered a, a gerashim or at least almost looks like a and whatever the, the Yidden it was a and we were banished we were divorced so what are the Keruvans doing hugging each other at that time? shouldn't have been that way. That's a question that's asked. And the explanation is given, it says in Svarim, it says he brings it from the Mezrit magad, the Bnei Sascha brings it from the Mezrit magad and the like, that what was really going on is, Chayiv Adam Lifkoy Des Ishtoy There is an obligation in Allah that a person needs to be intimate with his wife, right before he goes out on the road. If he leaves town and he's going away, before he leaves, he has to show her extra love. Being that now, by the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, the Eberster was saying goodbye to his beloved bride, to his wife, to the Jewish people, so before he leaves, there is this deep embrace and this intimacy between Hashem and the Jewish people. And that's what the Kruvim were. They were, mechaber, they were connecting to each other. That was reflecting this great love that was taking place, as strange as it sounds, at a moment of such horror, of such death, of such destruction. At that very moment, the deepest love was happening between Hashem and the Jewish people on a deeper level. And that's the meaning of and it's from that yichut, from that spiritual union between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shechina, between Hashem and the Jewish people on the spiritual plane, is where the neshama of Mashiach is conceived and Mashiach is born on Tishabov. That's the birth of Mashiach's neshama. From that union. And that's the idea in that story that Mashiach was born. The problem, it doesn't say that, and this is brought down in the Sefer Iren Kaddishan over here, which so brings down a verse. This is a teaching from the Rujana. The problem which I had when I'm reading it is Lukhura, that story was in the first base of English. The story with Mashiach being born is in the second base of English. The Gemara is telling it as a story that happened during the time of the second destruction. And this story, the Kruvim, had to be in the first base of because in the second base image they didn't have the Aren. The Aren was there as we spoke on Shabbos, but it was. The Mechlech is two opinions, but it was deep, it was under the ground, it was in a hidden place. So they couldn't have seen the, the Kruvim. Okay, however we understand it, but the concept is still a concept. That that love creates Mashiachs Neshama. Reb Tzadik Akoyan from Lublin, in a Sefer pre-Tzadik, brings this idea and he adds, it's not stam that Mashiach's neshama was born way back then. Mashiach, neshama was born from that from that love. But he adds that bechol doir This is a reoccurrence, and this is a very far. It's something that, that is very meaningful to all of us. That Moshiach is born in every generation on Noilad betesva of bechinas Mashiach. He doesn't say every year. It could mean to say that we know that throughout history, there is always a Mashiach that's ready to redeem the Jewish people. A tzaddik alive, that is Mashiach, that is ready to redeem the Jewish people if the time, if the people are worthy. And therefore, so he says in every generation, Mashiach, the Mashiach of that generation is born on Tishabov. You can read that in him, but I think it's a little bit fakvetched. I think more than he means is as he says clearly, He's not saying the physical Mashiach, as a human. The concept of Mashiach is born on Tisha B'vav, Meaning Mashiach's energy, Mashiach's birth, of this day. And the Rebbe would, the Rebbe would always say, that the mazel of Mashiach is goyver on this day. Because we know that a person, the Rishalmi says... And on a person's birthday, their muzzle is very strong. So if Mashiach is born on Tishab, his muzzle is very intense and very powerful on this day. And he says, now what happened? In David HaMelech speaks um about um I'm sorry, um David HaMelech in Tehillim, when he speaks about Adam arishon he says, Ochoir v'kedem Tsartani. Before and after you have created me. I was created before. Akhar means later. V'kadem. Last and first you created me. What does it mean that Adam is created last and first? He's saying it on behalf of Adam Arish. What does it mean last and first you created me? Adam was the last creature to be created. Because Adam was only created on the sixth day of creation. On Friday... The to created Adam. After all the animals, after all the insects and birds and fish and plants, everything was created first, Adam was created last. So mankind was created last. But on some deeper inner inner level, we know that the Pneumius of Adam, Arishan, is really Mashiach. That's why in the word Adam, you have the acronym Adam David Mashiach. So, the Nishamma of Adam is the Nishamma of Mashiach Tzadkainu. It's Adam, David, Mashiach. So, we know, however, that Mashiach Sheba Adam, the Mashiach, which is the deepest point in Adam, was the first to be created before anything else. Why? Because already in the first day, before the Abish to made, before Hashem creates the first entity of light, the, as the Passock says, B'desh is Brother Shemaim The world was chaotic. The world was a total mess. But the spirit of Hashem was hovering above the waters. And what does it say? That is the spirit of Mashiach that is hovering above the waters right, right, right at the onset of creation. The spirit of Mashiach is hovering on the waters, which means, as the Rav Tzaddik explains, that Mashiach is born, Mashiach's Neshama is born before anything else. Why? Because at that very, very quintessential beginning, at the very, 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 very start, you're dealing with the most potent energy. Because see, once the energy of creation begins to diffuse, it begins to emerge into particular mamarais then what happens is, it's like, what happens is, the energy starts to get schwacher, it gets weaker, it gets because it's entering into various different expressions of communication, specific, directed to specific forms of life. So on this day he's creating this, that day he's creating that, and so on and so forth. But right in the beginning, you have the full potency of the of that of the power of 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 of, lukus, of the creative power, and it's not yet formulated in detailed forms into various different things. It's still the concentrate. It's what we call the concentrate. He says that's a level before light. The next thing that Hashem spoke, the second mimer is vayoyim yehi oyer. What's the first mimer? What's the first mimer before God says, "Let there be light." Bereshis. And Bracious, there is no giloi in Bereshis. Meaning, Yehi-oyer means there's already light that we can perceive. There's already some kind of a lichtikite, some kind of a illumination that is possible for someone to grasp and to understand. Prior to Yehi-oyer, the energy, the life force, the divinity, the godliness is so transcendent, it's so potent, so transcendent, so high, that it's just darkness. It's darkness. But this is not darkness of an absence of light. This is darkness that's higher than light. This is the source of all light. This is what it says in Tehillim, The Abishter shrouds himself, conceals himself, wraps himself in darkness. This is this high darkness of preceding everything. And in that darkness, the spirit of Hashem, is already in that darkness. Why al the Why on the water? Because in order for this Nishama to emerge from such a high, unexpressed state, that's what the idea of Yehoi Shech, it's dark, it's ungraspable, it's unknowable, therefore it's... How does that enter in the world? You need a very, very, very powerful and a very, very potent avoda, service, that's going to draw that neshama down. And what is that? Al-penei What's penei The Medrash tells us, penei is tshuva. And we know that Mashiach will not come unless Eid Yisrael Miggalim Elo b'tshuva. Mayim represents tshuva. There is tshuva, and tshuva will bring Moshiach. So that very, very lofty soul. Humanity, the human spirit, in its most original, 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 pristine form, as the human spirit, as we're soon going to see later in the class, is totally one with God himself. With the Sof himself. That's that supernal darkness. In order to be able, because we know general in the is a Chaylak al but there are so many different levels in the Over here, you're talking the Nishama as, as Mashiach's Neshama is called the hovering of Yashas Chayshikh Sisrai. How do you draw that down? Chuva. It requires the Void of tshuva. That's why he says it happened at the moment of the. That's why it happened on Tishabav. Because when did we have a powerful chuva? a very, very, very strong chuva moment, there was a chuva moment as soon as the Jewish people realized what's going on. Yidin in general, when when they were told by the Nevi'im, or they were told that it was going to happen, it was going to happen, people didn't believe it. Didn't believe it, didn't believe it, they pushed it off, they pushed it off, they didn't want to think it was going to happen, they felt it could never happen. But he says when it did happen, and the Romans came breaking through into the city, and they saw that momentarily the Besamigdash the, the is going to be ignited and is going to be burnt down to ashes at that moment they did Shuvah and from that Shuvah the Bnei Yisrael, Mashiach's Neshama came down however the, 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 the Shuvah was not a complete complete Shuvah to actually make Mashiach come B'Poyol Mamish in the literal sense so the Abish is waiting for that extra umph for 1950 years already as the are still waiting to complete that shuva that we've almost got. we got his neshama down here into the world. He's born already. But it has to finish. It has to complete. And we know what a Mashiach said to Eliyahu Navi. when will I come? When, 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 I'm sorry, To Rabbi Shua, I think it was Rabbi Shua ben Karcha or Rabbi Shua ben Levi, I don't remember who it was, who said, when are you coming? And he said, today. And they asked him, what is today? He didn't come today. Later, when, when he went back to uh, Elio, he said, he said, you don't understand. Today, if you will hearken, if you will listen to me. That means if yidn will do tshuva, Mashiach is ready to come right away. So they brought his shama down from the tshuva at the time of the Churban Beis Hamigdash. That tshuva is what activated and brought. And that was the love. When they came into the Beis Hamigdash, they saw the Kruvim hugging each other. That was the tshuva. Even though, again, I still have the question that we asked earlier this is the second base of English, first base of English. But I'm sure in the subterranean beneath the base of English where the Kruvim are, at the time of the destruction of the second base of the Kruvim were definitely together, unified. Why? In that shuvah, the deepest love came out at that moment, both from the Abish to Knesset Israel and from Knesset Israel to Hashem as a moment of saying goodbye to each other for over close to 2,000 years. I mean, obviously, you know, the Ebeshter... I mean, who would have thought at that moment of that great... We you say, You're going out for the way for such a long time. There was such a deep intimacy and that brought... Mashiach's neshama down in the world. And then he goes ahead and he says something really strange. But yet, Rav Tzaddik mentions something really interesting. And he says like this, <laughs> Since the whole union of Moshiach is, we're bringing a neshama from a place of darkness... And you cannot bring that neshama from a place of darkness. And what does darkness mean? Darkness over here means a place that's higher than light. From a place that we don't have any hasaga. A place that we can't grasp God at all. Dealing levels that are totally... And therefore, Mashiach doesn't come only through tshuva. Because what's tshuva? The conversion of darkness to light. A person is in a finds himself, his or herself, in a dark place. They've messed up. They've fallen into a complete are very, very dark elements and dark aspects in their life. And from their misery and from their pain, they cry out to the Abishter, And in that pain and in that cry, they convert all that darkness to the light. And as we do it in our own little, little tiny, little world, we cause it in the cosmos as well. The darkness is converted to light, and Moshiach's neshama is plucked from that supernal darkness and brought down, and then he goes so far to even say that that's the reason why we sin to begin with. Here is where Reb Tzaddik is beginning to go into those dangerous territory where the Hasidic masters went and others were very uncomfortable. But the Hasidic Rabeim did go. We find it in Chabad Hasidic and a few times I mentioned it. And I mentioned it in others. But here you have it from Reb Tzaddik and from the Ishbitzer, which places the blame on all our sins. L'chat on the Ebeshter and says that ultimately, it's really a medrish, (laughs) the medrish that plays a scam with Adam Arishan, he was the one who caused him to sin, and then he blamed him. Because there is a reason for this. And he brings a mashal from the balshamtov. And the mashal he says is like this, there's a, a husband and a wife, they love each other very much, but the husband wants to test his wife's love for him, and to see the depth of it. So he orchestrates a story that his wife has to go on a boat, on a ship, And she's going on the ship. And on the ship, the captain on the ship takes a liking to her. And he starts seducing her. He wants to do something to seduce her. And she's just rejecting him again and again and again and again. And he doesn't leave go, he doesn't stop. Finally, she said, she's adamant that no. And he says that she's not, he sees that she's not going to listen to her. So he goes ahead and he forces her. That's the story. This woman comes back to her husband and she's oismesh. She's beside herself. But she feels it's only right. She has to tell him. So with a broken heart, she pulls out her heart she told her what happened. It's not my fault. I pushed him away a thousand times. And still I couldn't do anything about it. So then the husband reveals to her that he was the captain. The husband reveals to her that it was him. It was no one else but him. He says when the Eibishter puts us through a gullus and we're seduced and seduced by all kinds of seductions and uh, whatever we go through in these seductions and these things, ultimately it's only the Eibishter all along. And what does the Eibishter really, really want? That in the end, we return to the Eibishter with such depth, with such longing, because we've separated because we've fallen into. But this too. And he brings from the Ishbetzer. He brings this Lashen. He says the Pasuk. It says in the Pasuk. Mamrim heisem Imhashem. You are Mamrim. You are rebellious with God. The Pasuk should have said. Mamrim heisem Negedashem. Some Lashen over here. Mamrim heisem im Hashem. So he. But he says the Pirishu. What does this mean? The, Sheyevarit Hashem Yizborach. Hashem is going to reveal when Mashiach will come. The Eibushter is going to reveal. This that yidn were Mamrim Chas Even then they were together with the Eibushter. And from him the matter came out. And after they will do Tshuva. May out of love Nasas so the intentional sins will become like merit of sins. Hashem that they that, 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 that these sins were im yechateichem alalu, si mesheshis It's the meaning of shonim. im doesn't mean only like red threads. I just noticed that. I didn't realize it before what he's saying. If your sins will be like the years shonem means like years. Just like this order of history, the years are pre-programmed. If you realize that the sins, the for us it's never an excuse. A yid chas is never allowed to say, that when well, I did that, the Abish that made it happen. But b'poyon we do have to know, and this secret is revealed to us only at the very end, before Mashiach comes, that ultimately all the, all the occurrences and all that we've gone through is ultimately also to bring to be able this is the soyd ha there's a secret of creation. At the beginning there's darkness. And then it comes light. There is no light, only the light that comes from darkness. Last week Monday we learned that after Mashiach comes, that's when we're going to get to see light. That's not from darkness. That's already post-Mashiach. But to Mashiach comes, and the light of Mashiach himself is a light that comes from darkness. And the king requires that. And this is the idea of But what do you see from here? Over here you have the idea that the birth of Mashiach is a spiritual birth that happens on Tisha B'Av because of the tshuva that we do. And hopefully we ourselves also do tshuva every year on Tisha B'Av as we sit down and we can't believe it. How did it happen that there's another year? You realize, it's the one time I feel more than any other time We're it's like, when, when there's another Pesach, you're not really counting how many years is Pesach. Pesach, why should you count how many years is Pesach? How many years is Hanukkah? Who cares, unless you want to be a fancy schmancy, um, what's it called again, uh, uh, um Lecture and give it and sound very sophisticated. So you get up there and you say, "Well, uh, in, in the year two thousand years ago, the Greeks came in." Blah, blah, blah. Fine, it's gay Who cares? Who cares how many years it was? But when you sit down, Tisha above every year. I mean, every year I sit down and I start calculating. Look, when was the destruction? How many years are we by? You realize we're, just make, we're making history, but not in the, we're making history. We're, we're creating history, but we're creating a very, very painful history. It doesn't make any sense. Their gullah came after 70 years. And who would have ever thought? 1,947 years. So we krechts, and we do tshuva. And that tshuva itself brings Mashiach's birth. The Lubavitcher Rebbe explains how but one more idea to this idea that Mashiach is born on Tishavov. It's so just to be pre- and simple. He says that at, we're talking about a physical birth of a little baby called Menachem that was born right when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. The reason why Mashiach had to be born right then and there, because since the Golus is not meant to be anything other than till the Jewish people do tshuva. And as soon as the Jewish people do tshuva, God is ready to take us back. That's what Mashiach said to uh, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. So what would have happened if 10 minutes after Mashiach came, after, after, the, after the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, we have a proper tshuva. Yidno would have chapped and said, God, I'm sorry, whenever we'll we do this again, we're really going to be committed to you. Then Mashiach had to be ready to come redeem the Jewish people. But how can Mashiach come if he's not born? So you needed to have right after the Beit was destroyed, mamish. from the Gemara's Mashnah was immediately after the the, the the cow cried out once, and then he cried out two minutes later again. Moshiach was born. I, the Rebbe, asked, "How are you going to have? How's a baby going to redeem the Jewish people? How is this little baby? Technically, if you need him to redeem the Jewish people, how is he going to redeem the Jewish people when he's when he's when he's, when, he's, when, he's, when he's you know he's, he's three days old?" couple of hours if you understand the powers of Mashiach then even the little baby of a three day especially if Mishgidna would have done tshuva we know that Mashiach's coming can come in two manners we know Mashiach can come in a meritous way in which we hasten his coming through our merits or Mashiach can come at a time that God set what's called beita that if we don't get Mashiach, we don't deserve it based on any merits, the Abish to made, kate that there will not be darkness forever and ever. And Mashiach and the Geula has to happen. So, but if the hidden would have done tshuva at that time, Mashiach would have come, it would have been a rushed Geula coming based on our merits. And we know that the Gemara also says the difference between these two Geulas are as follows. If it's going to come based on our merits, then Mashiach is going to come with the clouds of the sky. Which means it's going to be a miraculous redemption. If we don't merit, then Mashiach is going to be He's meaning going to be a poor man riding on a donkey, which means that Moshiach's coming is going to be a process. It's going to be a natural process. Instead of it being an explosive, miraculous event, apocalyptic—what is it? Apocalyptic event. Instead of it being such a such a, it's the, the, these are the two possibilities. If Mashiach's coming is going to be so miraculous, then a baby, of two or two hours old, can also be the Redeemer. How? What? But you need to have Mashiach in the world. That's a, that's a necessity. So the first Mashiach was born instantly. Doesn't mean that in future generations the Mashiach has to be born on Tisha B'Av. But the first Mashiach needed, before like, they didn't need him. But once, so his Neshama didn't come down into the world. But now his Neshama did come into the world. However, all of this is Zeyegishmach and all very theoretical. I mean, very, very, okay, nice things. Mashiach born, not born. I want to know in a practical way for me and for you. What does it mean Mashiach is born on Tisha B'av. So I would like to add one very, very, very powerful and very, very important idea. And that is that there is Be'etzem and Nitzutz Mashiach in every single one of you, us. We know this because it says in the passage, Darach Koichov mi Yaakov, that a star will rise forth from Yaakov. And the Gemara Darshins, the star is going to rise forth from Yaakov in the, in the, in the prophecies of Bilam on two people either darach koichav me Yaakov, the Gemara learns it on Mashiach, that's the darach koichav me Yaakov, a star is going to rise forth from Yaakov, that come shave at me, Israel. Or, the Gemara also darshins it, also Yerushalmi, darach koichav me Yaakov, and any Jew. The Gemara says a story that someone said it about a Yid, because you're a Jew, so it's darach koichav me Yaakov. So how do these two things go together, the two perushim in the Gemara, that we're talking about Mashiach, and we're talking about every Yid. So from here, the Mo'er Naim says... The Chernobyl Rebbe, and I think he says it, where the Chernobyl Rebbe says that every single Jew has a Nitzutz of Mashiach inside of it. When we say Mashiach is born on Tisha B'Av, it could mean and it should mean that we as individuals get in touch with the spark of Mashiach that's in, that's in each and every one of us. Mashiach, the spark of Mashiach that's in me, the spark of Mashiach that's in that's in you. And that Mashiach spark is what is wakes up and should wake up in Tisha B'Av, and be fully manifest. That Mashiach spark is very, 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 very powerful. And I'm just gonna say one practical aspect of that Mashiach spark. Um in the um, history of Chabad Chassidim and in the story of Lubavitch there is one day that is etched in the memory of Chassidim probably of the ten most important days or memories in, on the Chabad calendar and that day is known as Chaf Ches. Nisan in the year Taf Nun Aleph 1991 the 21st day of Nisan during that time the Lubavitcher Rebbe was talking very 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 strongly that Moshiach is coming mamish mamish now 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 and when Chodesh Nisan came the excitement and the fervor and the, it, was, it was it was like crazy it reached such a feverish pitch was unbelievable the Rebbe pointed out, and I and I've spoken about this many times, that in 1990 Tavshinun, the, we've entered into a new phase in the Giyulah in the time of the Giyulah, because we reached on the cosmic clock Erev Shabbos Chaturis. Every thousand years is is a day by Hashem, so from the year five thousand to the year six thousand is Friday. From the year 5000 to the year 5500 is Thursday night, first is night. And then um, from the year 5500 to the year 6000 is Friday day. The Baal Shem Tov reveals himself in the year 5500, in the year Taf Kuf, Actually, the Baal Shem Tov revealed himself in Taf Tzadig Gimel, seven years before the year 5500. 1740, 1740 is the year 5500. And the Baal revealed himself in 1733. That's the Hisgalus of the Baal So the Baal was there at the crack of dawn on Friday. Why? Because the teachings of Hasidis is the, these deep, esoteric, deeper, higher teachings that are so powerful and so enlightened. This is the light of Mashiach. But the Rebbe says, as strong as that was, it gets much because you begin to prepare for Shabbos on Friday. But where is the really, really, really peak of Shabbos preparation? When does things become really? When do we really go into a frenzy before Shabbos at Chatzos, Friday Chatzos? So that is nineteen ninety. We hit Friday Chatzos, and you, and we and, and there were a couple of things the Rebbe pointed pointed then to tell us that mamish, mamish, mamish. We we're already beginning to enter into Zman ha-ge'ula like never before. And one of the things he pointed to was the collapse of the Soviet Union, which people don't realize the magnitude of that. The shinoi in the world that happened during that time. The Gemara says, actually, in regards to Shavasa B'tamus, I think, that if Shivasa B'tamus comes out in Shabbos, your doicha the fast, and there's a shail of Kivan the itcha itcha, but then the Gemara says something about Sheva that there is one opinion, that if there is ye shibud if the Jewish people are under a shibud of malchiyos, we have to fast. And if Yidin are not under shibud malchiyos, we don't have to fast. Allah is not that way. We can't fast until the Golus is over, we continue fasting. But the Gemara says such a, such a, such a svarah, that if there's a shibud malchiyos ye fast. If there's no Shibut Malchiyos, you don't have to fail. Shibut Malchis means we're enslaved to the nations. The nations have... So the Lubavitcher Rebbe said that when Russia fell in one of the talks, he says there's no more Shibut Malchiyos. Why? Because you don't have a government in the world that is not allowing Jews to keep Torah and Mitzvahs. Jews were always, somewhere in the world, they were oppressed in their observance. Even they were living in Poland, there was laws against shchita. there was laws against things. There was never a total freedom to practice religion. Three million Jews or more were trapped in the Soviet Union for the laughter. And suddenly, and it happened miraculously. No one would have believed. We're busy trying to figure out North Korea now, a communist Meshuggah, right? And there you had this huge, more, way far more powerful Soviet Union, and they totally collapsed without one bullet fired. There wasn't one bullet fired. It was totally Miraculous. The Lubavitcher Rebbe saw that as messianic, as the Nevuah Sagiullah, connected to reaching Dad's man, Tov Noni called the Chnas Nisim. Global miracles are happening in the world. He also saw the war of when America went in and took down Saddam Hussein, as one of the things where the Medrash says that at the time when Moshiach is beginning to reveal himself, there is going to be what's called again? Um, big war, the war of in, in, in the Arabians that the, the Melach HaRam is going to threaten. He pointed that at Medrash. He didn't point it at once. He pointed at every Shabbos, talking about it, strong and strong, very, oh, very strong. One of the things the Rebbe did not mention them, and I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago on on um, on Shavuos when we spoke about this. So I mentioned then. If you look up, Google it, what was the year that the internet was invented, at least public, for the people to use it. 1989, the guy invented it, but it was launched 1990. Now, if you go in Borough Park or in Williamsburg or to MetLife Stadium, say, Internet foy! And I agree with that. It can be very dangerous in some ways if it's used misproperly. But the Indian of this World Wide Web is simply the entire world is connected. And what is that really for? It's for so that Mashiach And the wisdom and the knowledge that's going to flow. How does Rambam characterize the time of Mashiach? As a time of great knowledge that's going to reach the entire world. We need to be able to teach all of humanity. How is one person going to teach all of humanity? The only way is through... We have a system today to reach all humanity. 1990. Exactly at the time when the era... Mashiach's era is coming to the world. It's really unbelievable that this is happening during that time. What was shocking at that talk was in the end of Chodesh Nissan in 1991. The Rebbe stood up, and all Chasidim remember this, and it was frightening. It was chilling. He spoke how much this day, Chavches Nissan, is such a auspicious day. Mitzad, all the Mashiach should come today. It should happen. It should be here. And then he sudden and then he says, but then I Shiloh becomes the biggest question. How is it possible that ten Jews get together and they're okay? They're not shaking worlds that Mashiach should come today. And they're okay with it that Mashiach doesn't come tomorrow. He doesn't come the next day. Doesn't come the next day. See, in the world of let me let me put it this way. In the in in, in, in in the general world, you say people we, we all do tish above. And we have this tish above, that tish above, and people are kind of how serious we are about feeling the khurban or feeling the destruction and so on and so forth, and whoever it wasn't built. Yeah, but obviously if the if the destruction of the base of midish bothers you, then equivalent at least as equivalent to that, or even stronger than that has to be in the So then I have to wait for Mashiach because how is the destruction based on I mean, going to be undone? That means Mashiach is going to come, so there has to be a powerful achakeloi, not only a but there has to be a powerful tsaka cry. Oh, yeah, that's the cry out It says before that the that, the, 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 the that that Ben David won't come. until Yidn are going to desire Malchus based David. They want it. There's, they're yearning for it. So the Rabbi says, How can it be Ten yidden, and they're much more than ten yidden, and they're not marish olim. They don't shake the world at Mashiach, and it's okay by them. They're shkumen And he says, "What can I do? I'm trying so hard to get you people to yearn. I'm trying so hard, again and again and again. And I'm Yearn, cry out from the depth of the soul. You can make it happen. We're here right now. We're at the time that it's supposed to happen. All it needs is a powerful yank. But you're all sleeping." So the Rebbe says, then he goes on to say, so the only thing I can do, he says, is actually give it over to you. I'm taking Moshiach, in. I'm going to read you the words, because if I say it, 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 it you, don't, you don't get the seriousness of what he said. He said, I'm going to read you the words. There's something very deep, I'm, I'm looking to get to this, not stumped to say this, but there's something very, very deep that I'd like to share with you about this. He says, You guys still didn't do it. It's not to be understood at all. It's not to be understood at all. It's not to be understood at all. Ten Jews get it together. Ubezman zakai. And in, a, in a such a Ube And still you're not doing it. And even when you cry out Ad Because Lubavitch then came out. The Rebbe came out with a slogan. We want Mashiach now. And Ad Mosai, right. You're only doing it because I'm commanding you. Because you're following my instructions. I'm telling you. of nishmet an emes. And if we would have cried be With an emes. For Mashiach, That's what the Rebbe says. Very powerful. I'm reading it from the Hebrew because it really was said in Yiddish. That Yiddin should cry out to bring Mashiach. Everything that was, since everything that I did till now didn't work. What's the proof? The proof is the proof is in the pudding. We're still here. That's the proof. Adover haye khudi the only thing she yakhani lasa is that i can do is limsira inyan aleikham i'm giving it over to you Asiko ashebe yakhol to do whatever you can in yanim sham he gives a kabbalistic idea mat things that are with the energy of the world of toyu but should be done in an organized manner in kalim de tikun lahavi <laughs> bepo'el asheirtat kenot take of miad mamash and then he continues and he says, I'm sure you're going to do, and I did mine. And then he concludes, "The let it be the will, that maybe we'll find one, two, or three, that are going to sit down, and they're going to, you're going to come up with a plan, you're going to come up with a plan, what should be done, and how it should be done, but the main thing is that they're going to affect that, they, that, we, that Mashiach should come This sent at least the Chabad world reeling. Because it almost looked like the Rebbe resigned from his whole... His entire there was always we're gonna, we as Chassidim we're going to bring Mashiach but it's time to do it. You didn't have to do it. This is the time. And suddenly he said guys it's up to you. I'm out of it. Leave me out. You guys can do it. But the interesting thing was that after this, it's not like he didn't show up. You know, the Kutska Rebbe lock, locked himself up in a room and didn't come out for 20 years or 15 years, you know. <laughs> it was like, it's like the Rebbe Chas Shalom went into a, a depression and closed himself in the room and says, Guys, I'm, if, you're not, if you're not doing your work, I'm not going to sit around and pull the wagon. I'm not going to do this. It's not, it's not what happened. Comes back the next Shabbos and getting only stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. With 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 the demand that we that we do whatever we can. I don't have the time tonight. I'm just going to say one tiny nekuda, that which is such an it's such a chiddush. It's so simple, yet it's such a chiddush. I sent a text right before, right before, um, right before um, it, you know yesterday. I sent someone a text. I said to him. This guy, I said, um, I said, new David. I hate Tish above. What's the plan to finish with this already? This is what I sent someone yesterday. So he after twenty four hours, he answered me. Everyone hates Tish above. That's why it's called Tish above. So I told him, I sure hope everyone does. So my question was, do we just accept it and wait for whenever he'll decide to change it? Meaning, well, Hashem will decide, or is it something we could or, sh- or should put our Jewish cup together? to at least try to make it end. Imagine if, let's say, Purim time, is what I wrote to him, people would get together in a serious group and ask this question. What can we do now so we won't have Tisha B'Av this year? And then I said to him, I wonder if it was ever done. What does this mean? You see, Yidin have always believed and lived in a reality that Mashiach. would come. One day, David said bring Mashiach. There's no one who felt responsible to bring vigiullah. A responsibility that I'm responsible to make it happen. I'm not talking about making a, a medina, making an army, going to fight, rebuild the Beis Migdosh I'm not talking about that. When we're talking about bringing Mashiach, it means through Torah and Mitzvahs. Ayyid learns Torah does Mitzvahs. But did anybody ever sit down? There was ever a mayatza Yisroels, yidin sitting down together and say, listen, the Golas is see long. what are we going to Not to be machazak Yiddishkeit. There's always vadas and people t- sitting together in machazak Yiddishkeit. The question is, did anybody ever sit down and say, we're responsible to do something? Are we going to do something to bring about the end of the Golas? Episton. I know one person, the Lubavitcher Rebbe worked... His entire life like crazy to bring the gilah by reaching every Jew across the world, spreading out get it to any type of Indian to do. Almost like he took the Indian Ahrayah on himself to bring Mashiach. But then he said, at that at that talk, he said, I'm giving over to you. Now you're responsible. What does it mean you're responsible? Not only it's not like I'm responsible. And you're just doing my work. You know, you're going out and you're doing, whether it's a Chabad who's going out to live in Yehupitzville so they can catch Jews that have ended up. So that, that Chassid knows, I'm responsible to bring Mashiach tzedke. No, if anybody is, the Rebbe is responsible to bring Mashiach. I'm following orders. I'm like a simple soldier or like a simple servant who does the orders, whatever it is. It's not me, it's on the big Tzadikim. It's their job. They'll do it. And when me, I'm, a, I'm a regular guy, I'm willing to work, but don't put the responsibility on me. That is what I see that, the, that was changed, what the Rebbe wanted to change in this talk. He told Chevron, no, you are responsible. You are responsible means it's your business now. You have to take responsibility. We all know that when we are to take responsibility for something. If you're asked to do a certain job, I don't know, if you're asked to do a certain job, and for whatever reason, you're getting a particular hardship and you cannot do it. So you call up your boss, or you call up the person who asked you to do it. Say, I got stuck in traffic. This happened. I'm sorry I can't do it. And finish it. Hang up. I'm very sorry. I would have very much wanted to come. I hope you're, you're okay. I hope you can take care of it. I'm not here. We all have stories like that. We can't do something. That's only when, as long as you're not the one who's throwing the party. If you're the one who's making that party that night, and you're responding, and everybody's coming, so who are you going to call? I can't. You're going to turn over the world. Why? You need to make it happen. You have no excuse. If it's your thing, you don't have an excuse. You can be the most devoted employee to a certain project. You can be the most devoted employee to a certain union. And so devoted and so given over. But if but, but if for whatever reason you have an Oynes, Oynes Rachmona Patre, Mr. Potter. But if you're not an employee, you're a partner in the business. You two are partners. And, and if, if you're not going to have the merchandise there tomorrow, the whole thing is going to fall through and you're losing a few million dollars. The employee can call and say, I'm very sorry, I'm sick, I got the flu, I can't come in. I can't. Shoot me, I can't. He can do it. i will risk getting fired. But still he can do it. The partner can't do that because you're a partner in the thing. You have to get it done because it's your project, not someone else's. In this talk, the Rebbe is saying to every single Yid, you got to do it. You have to take Achraya. It's a new word. No one ever spoke that way, I think in all of history. As yidn, you have to take Achraya's to bring the Giullah. If it's your Achraya's, you're gonna be ma'r, you're gonna find within yourself powerful qikhs. What do you have to do? People think, oh, I have to what do I mean I have to bring Mashiach? I have to this problem. That's what, what I mean when I'm talking about, and I said earlier, the spark of Mashiach wakes up in each and every one of us. You see, Mashiach said Kainu himself, he's responsible for the Giula. He has to, he's a partner in it. It's not like he, he it's his Indian. Ayid. The Nitzutz Mashiach that's in every single Yid's Nishama is a partner in the project. You're a, this is your problem. So, sitting Tishabav, here's the thing. I, I, to me, I, I, you're making all the above things, and we'll sit and we'll cry out. It's out Zeyashayn and Varbab, but literally. Are we okay? Is it fine? Yeah, it is fine. Another 20 years at the Doruch game. So we'll have Donald Trump, and after Trump puts on, who knows what, maybe Pence won't be that bad. Let's think about him in another 15 years from now. And this one and that one, Bibi Netanyahu at Altver, and so far he's managing to stay in the seat over there, and it's okay, fine. How much is a Jew in a state that he realizes, this cannot be. And I'm responsible, no, I'm me, no one else, me. Where in my life What does that mean? That means in every aspect of my life, I am driven to do whatever I can to bring about an observance of Torah and mitzvahs that is required for Mashiach to come. We're not talking about doing anything else but learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. But with a sense of responsibility for the giulah. That's the mitzutz of Mashiach that has to be born in every single one of us on Tisha B'Av. Because if you're functioning from that place, then it's your responsibility. Responsible. We're all responsible. We have to make it happen. How? Today. What? I don't know. If you're responsible, if you're responsible to bring the chairs to the party, you whatever, you're going to order the tables, you're going to do it. How? You're just going to do it. That's the thing, that all the excuses go away already, once you're responsible. It's our That means that we are shutfim with the Abishter in this project. That's our nitzitz moshiach. That's one... Aspect where the nitzitz of Mashiach expresses itself in its most strongest form is that bringing the geula becomes a responsibility for each and every one of us. And obviously, out of that, we're horrified of doing something that we know can jeopardize it. And if I can think that way every morning, when I wake up in the morning, and think, I am responsible for bringing Mashiach today. I will say, who am I? One Shmendrik? The Rambam doesn't believe that way. The Ramam says a person has to look at the world as half meritous and half guilty. Do one act, you tip the scale for good. Do one act the opposite, you tip the scale scale in the other way. So who is it laying upon? It's laying on me. That's it. On you. Yeah. But we have to be living in that, in that, with that, with that, um, in, in, in that awareness, but in that state of mind. And that gives us the adrenaline. To accomplish in ways so much greater because we realize it's the responsibility of the ultimate realization of the purpose of all of creation is mine. That's huge. That is so huge. But if that's like the Rebbe gave this responsibility, and he says, Beferish, he says, every man, a woman, and child. Is today's days responsible for the gil? It's not that he's, I was just saying, he wasn't saying I'm resigning. He's saying that if, since you don't, since you're not, we didn't do it through yearning, so now how do, I, how do I get you to really care and make it happen? It's like if you have a, ch- a kid in the classroom that's misbehaving, you're having a very hard time with him. So, one of the best things you can do with a kid like that is you give him responsibility, that he, he's responsible to, for the class. So once a person gets responsibility, they rise up to the... We were given responsibility to bring Mashiach. Each and every one of us in the, way, in, in the circle of influence that we can reach. First of all, in our own behavior, and then with Yidin around us. As many Yidin as we can get to do a mitzvah. And many Torah that we can spread. As many Jews we can plant Amunah in their souls. And even non-Jews, if we can direct them into the way they will live after Mashiach comes. And that is believing in God and living a righteous, moral, ethical life. And for each and every one of us, when we live in that determination and that awareness, that's the Nitzitz HaMashiach that wakes up and is born on Tisha May we merit that that should be born in us, should feel it and know it, and do what we need to do today.